everybody, and welcome back to Behavioral Health 2.0. My name is Suki Norris. Today, we are further exploring social determinants of health in this third episode. We will look at civic participation as it relates to the social determinants of health. Now, I want you all to remember that the social determinants of health identifies elements needed next to have our best health. Civic participation is an element of social and community context. And that is the topic of this talk. We're gonna look at sort of the linkages between civil participation and health and better health. Mahatma Gandhi said, you must be the change you wish to see in the world. Winston Churchill said, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. Both men showed an understanding of civic participation as an element of success. And I, not being either of them, agree with them that civic participation is, again, one of those key elements in improving health. So what does it mean? Civic participation defines involvement. And involvement can take so many forms, from individual volunteering to religious attendance. You know, last week we talked about social cohesion. And if you think of it this way, social cohesion is participation on a one-on-one relationship. I have a relationship with you. But civic participation is an extension. I have a relationship with everybody who listens or everybody in my neighborhood or everybody in my town. So rather than focusing on the individual, we're gonna look at how that individual becomes part of a group. You know, civic engagement is gonna include a lot of different elements. Trusting others, as I said, membership in a group or religious attendance, union membership, reading a newspaper, voting, being contacted by a political party, volunteering, participating in a community project, or attending a club meeting. We're gonna focus on just a few of these, including volunteering, involvement in an organization, and voting. If we think about civic participation, I'm gonna tell you that over the last, let's say 20 years, Civic participation has decreased in all areas except union membership amongst non-college educated persons. Among college educated persons, therefore, it has increased in all those areas. And I want you to keep that in mind as we look at what the importance of social, of uh, community participation is, and we think in terms of How can we increase it? How can we make it available to those for whom right now it's a bit of a stretch? So first we're gonna look at 
the value in volunteering. You might remember that a couple of weeks ago I talked about loneliness. Volunteering is an antidote that improves your mental health. Volunteering makes the volunteer feel as if they belong and are working towards a common good. As Maya Angelou wrote, I have found that among its other's benefits, giving liberates the soul of the giver. Giving liberates the soul of the giver. Perhaps it is the liberation of the volunteer soul that improves their mental and physical health. Volunteering has a positive effect on your health. How much simpler can it be? The more you volunteer, the more you may be healthy, the more your health may improve, and the more your mental health may improve. Studies have shown that volunteers have, in case you wanted to know, lower hypertension risk in studies of geriatrics or older folks. Researchers determined that volunteering is associated with a lower risk of cognitive impairment. While the benefits are clear, the challenge is that age, gender, race, and socioeconomic status all limit the ability or willingness to volunteer. A reminder of this again later, but think of in terms of social cohesion. When you are afraid of your neighborhood, you are less likely to be involved with your neighborhood. Well, the same thing goes. If I'm afraid of my surroundings, even the opportunity to be a part of a group may be more than I can deal with. Organizational involvement is the second cornerstone I wanted to talk about today. Individuals participating in at least one organization, just one, are less likely to, re to report mental illness or health problems. All you have to do is participate in a single organization. One of the most valuable organizations promoting civic engagement is the Parent-Teacher Association, or the PTA, because it brings parents' involvement into their child's school, which is really more opportunities for improvement. Unfortunately, participation in the PTA has dropped by over 40% since 1964. Another really significant opportunity is community gardening. Community gardens support civic participation and have for a very long time. They promote good nutrition and physical activity within neighborhoods. They improve the overall look and feel of your neighborhood. One study found that community gardeners eat more vegetables and less sweet foods than non-gardeners. Community gardens empower people by improving their neighborhood and making the gardens, gardeners, a part of a valuable group. And if you think about the neighborhoods that are socio socioeconomically disadvantaged, 
the likelihood of having a, a market that sells fresh fruit, fresh vegetables, is much less than in the supermarkets that many of us shop in. So these community gardens really support the needs of the community that aren't met by the ways that other communities have those needs met. Unfortunately, community, garden often, community gardens are often challenged by the building needs and lack of industry support. Big business comes in, sees that plot of land and says, I can build there. And without regard to the community garden, puts a building there. But even with these challenges, the community garden really is that perfect partner to civic participation because of the value it brings back both to the gardeners and the community. When I started looking into this issue, one of the things that I really had a hard time grappling with, I guess, in my own view of the world was how voting was going to improve or has improved my health. And so I did some research and it was, I was convinced that voting really does improve health for those who vote. And poor participation, as you might guess, harms health. Americans' direct engagement in voting has diminished over time, despite the health advantages. In fact, I, I submit that when people talk about impediments to voting or making voting available, they never talk about the health impact of those decisions. But there are health impacts to those decisions. The value of voting is the underlying civic participation, which is the link to better health. There's a direct relationship between socioeconomic inequality, however, and in inequality and political participation with the very lowest voting percentage amongst those who most likely have the poorest health. In reviewing the importance of voting, there are a few common findings about health, about the relationship between voting and health. One obvious is that people with good health have a capacity to vote. People in poor health are less likely to get out and vote and probably don't know that there are such things as voting by mail. And I guess when I look at voting, the important thing is so many of us think about the, next, the past presidential election or the next presidential election. But remember that voting impacts many, many positions. And maybe you live in a community where the representatives of those communities are elected. And maybe the real value of voting is taking getting involved in who is your direct political leader. Where are those political decisions coming from? Are they people, where, what is that group? 
what is that civic participation where you get involved in those decisions and you become a part of those decisions? Because if you think about it, the conundrum is that if we empower youth to vote, we may very well be disempowering the folks who are currently in office. And that may not be their first choice. But if as a group, you come together to protect or to advocate for your neighborhood, wouldn't it be better to advocate with people that you know and that you in fact voted for? Maybe the importance of voting is really bringing it to a much more personal scale with the people that you do see at your garden, in your church, at your school. And that those are the votes that really do have a direct relationship to the, to the betterment of your health and to the betterment of your community. So how do we improve civic participation? One thing we can do is look at how we bring civic participation into the K through 12 years. How do you make that, how do you give kids the opportunity to learn about what will impact their lives, their health, their mental health, and their community, and make them willing partners in that decision-making process? The other very important thing is to, I, I think I said earlier, but if not, I'll say it now, that there is a difference of civic participation between people in college and people who don't go to college. One way to even out that playing field is by really impacting kids when they are in school, between kindergarten and when they graduate high school, and give them the tools they need, the experiences they need to become good community participants. As an example, my daughter's high school this week is going to do a um, community betterment project where all the students go out into various aspects of the community and do something to better the community. We live in a community where a lot of kids won't go to college. But by teaching them what community participation is, maybe we can begin again to level that playing field so that the key element of being involved in the community isn't your college education, it's your willingness to get involved, to be a participant, to understand the health benefits and the mental health benefits of taking that step. Another element to think about is the internet. Youth today use the internet for information and civic participation. They do. Many students have, have an increased knowledge, media knowledge, and news analysis skills to their parents. The question isn't, are our kids going to use the internet? The question is, can we make include in the internet or make available to kids in the internet 
the tools necessary to support civil engagement. We know it's important. So why don't we use all the tools we can to improve the aspect of how the internet is used and the information that our kids can get. Final thoughts, as is many things these days, our challenge is to understand the relationship between technology and civil participation. And we should use technology and add it to our tool belt as we address that. We also need to open up our hearts and our minds to accept civic participation from anywhere. Understanding it's gonna change the current course of our lives, maybe, maybe not, in ways we have yet to imagine. But that change is what civic engagement is designed to do. That change is why we give, why we begin to engage the next generation and the generation after that in civic participation to ensure that we keep moving, that we give them the tools to better their health and their mental health, and we give them the tools to create the tomorrow that will then work for them. Thank you so much. And please join my next episode of uh, Behavioral Health 2.0 when I'm going to speak about discrimination and its relationship to the social determinants of health. Thank you.